This is Talk of the Town. I'm Bob Cutmore on Magic 590, also heard on 100.5 FM. Joining us is Kathy Sheehan, the mayor of Albany. And we start with a constituent uh, question about the recent snowstorms. Uh, the uh, writer says that uh, residents must remain aware of what a snow emergency is so they know when to move their vehicles so the city can remove snow from parking lanes. However, and here's the question, one sometimes forgotten component of storm cleanup is ensuring the sidewalks are clear. What are the responsibilities of residents when it comes to keeping the city's sidewalks clear after a storm? Well, the city code does require that any property owner who has a sidewalk adjacent to their property has to clear that sidewalk, and that includes any of the handicap ramps that are adjacent to a property. So if you're on a corner mm-hmm. and there's the the sidewalk ramp, the, the, the property owner is responsible for keeping that clear. Um, we give them 24 hours to clear the sidewalk. That's something that we're looking at because 24 hours is an awfully long time. And when you think about the number of young people who walk mm-hmm. to schools and the need to access the sidewalks to get to bus stops, it's really important that people clear them. If they're not, the city will cite them and we will go in and clear the sidewalk and charge the property owner for that. Really? Uh, what about um, like vacant property? Well, again, a vacant property owner, it, it is owned by somebody. They are responsible for removing the snow from that property. But we know that that's an issue. And again, it's one of the reasons that we're looking at it, because it's 24 hours from the last flake to fall. So uh-huh. when we have snowstorms like we had, um, where we had two storms right in a row, uh, it really can result in snow piling up on those sidewalks. If you have a question for the mayor, you can send it in via email to askkathy with a K at albanyny.gov. Let's talk about some stories in the news. The hiring freeze. You've announced a city hiring freeze until the state approves Albany's requested $12.5 million in added state aid. Why are you taking this action now? Well, because we need to stem the flow. If we are not successful in getting the $12.5 million, and I remain optimistic that we will be successful in getting this additional aid, then we need to make sure that we are doing all that we can to reduce our costs right now. You know, just if you lose your job, you wouldn't wait, uh, you know, six months until you run out of money paying those, you know, paying your monthly payments. You'd start immediately to, you know, reduce your, your spending. So that's what we're looking at. And again, uh, it's a hiring freeze, which means that we are looking at every single position. There are some positions that are funded by outside resources. And so those are positions that could be filled. There are also positions that are directly connected to revenue generation. And so we have to look at whether or not it is more cost effective for us to fill that position in order to ensure that we hit our revenue targets as well. And then there's the issue of the firefighters in that uh, the city has been recruiting uh, African-American and other minority firefighters in this public relations campaign to, to do that. What about, are you going to hire firefighters even though there's a hiring freeze? So right now we're recruiting people to take the civil service exam. The civil service exam is given once a year and it is coming up in March. And that is a list that would then probably be certified in June. 
and we would be looking to hire off of that list possibly not until December or January. And so we do want to plan for the future and encourage people to take that test. We also, again, this is an example, we get we have a SAFER grant, which is a federal grant that pays for firefighters, and it requires us to keep our staffing levels at a certain number. If we fall below that number, we lose the funding. So yes, in that situation, it does make sense for us to hire new firefighters. And we're actually looking at hiring new firefighters from our old list uh, within the next uh, six weeks or so. And again, we'll be able to demonstrate that that won't result in uh, increasing the deficit. In fact, it'll ensure that we get revenue associated with those firefighter positions. The hiring freeze has been in place for about a week, but I mean, has it had any practical effect so well, it, far? It actually takes place this Friday because we had some people who had offers that had been made to them. And so, you know, in that situation, you can't mm-hmm. offer somebody a job and then um, you know, we, we want to make sure that we're uh, not getting ourselves into any legal issues there. But yes, it we've looked at the number of positions that are open and we know that we are going to generate savings resulting from that. And in terms of the, the timing of it, you instituted the freeze or announced it the day after the governor, uh, Governor Cuomo, failed to put the Albany money, the $12.5 million in extra state aid, into his budget amendments. That's right. You know, there really wasn't a lot in the budget amendments, but we had hoped that the $12.5 million would be there, again, as a signal that it's on the table and it's being discussed. And we have had numerous conversations with the governor's office and with the state budget office on this issue. We believe, and they've indicated as recently as uh, last week, that they do support this request, but that there is a process here. And so we're encouraging our residents to make their voices heard, to contact Pat Fahey, John McDonald, Neil Breslin, who do support this funding. Mm-hmm. But when you lend your voice and, and and also contact the governor's office, you know, lend, lending that voice of support then helps us in our ability to get it through the Senate and the Assembly. You're also placing a moratorium on the city purchases. What what does that mean? Well, so, uh, and I think that there was some confusion about this because of a misquote, but what I said was that we are placing a moratorium on what we call blanket purchase orders. And so we have departments that have a budget line, for example, for, um, you know, a particular service that they that they may have um you know whether that might be uniforms let's Mm -hmm. use that as an example and uh oftentimes what they'll do is they'll issue a blanket purchase order for a year's worth of uh those uniforms and that just keeps that money that then takes that money and makes it uh unavailable for any other purpose and we're saying no more blanket purchase orders that you need to have a purchase order for each of the purchases, we're really going to be looking at that so that we don't have big portions of the budget that are basically already accounted for and unavailable for any other use. Moving on to another uh, topic, criticism from the bishop. Albany's Roman Catholic bishop, Edward Scharfenberger, was sharply critical of three Catholic politicians who supported Planned Parenthood at a recent rally. You were one of the three. The others were Assemblymember Patricia Fahey and Congressman Paul Tonko. Planned Parenthood provides a variety of health services, but does perform abortions, which the Catholic Church opposes. 
Scharfenberger said focusing on Planned Parenthood's unobjectionable health services is like saying that a man who beats his wife sometimes gives her flowers. What's your reaction to the bishop's criticism? Well, I thought that that was a very unfortunate uh, statement for him to make with respect to comparing those services to a person who commits domestic violence. Um, As a mayor, I see the impact of lack of access to health services as well as the devastating impact of domestic violence uh, on women, on children, and on our community. And the rally was really about and was focused on ensuring that we don't have a defunding of Planned Parenthood. It's already illegal for the federal government to provide any support for abortion services. And so the funding that we were rallying in support of is the funding around those critical health services, uh, medical screenings, cancer screenings, basic health services uh, for uh, women and for our community. And it's critically important. You know, I'm I'm a person who when I went to law school, I had a high deductible insurance plan. And the only place that I could afford to go to get my annual health care was Planned Parenthood. Mm. Uh, So I know firsthand how important these services are. And I think that uh, as an elected official, notwithstanding my deeply held uh, beliefs as a Catholic, that I swore to uphold the Constitution and I swore to uphold the laws of the state of New York and that it is critically important that we recognize that we have to uh, um, honor the separation of church and state. Um, Otherwise, I think we look at, as Governor Cuomo, the former Governor Cuomo, Mario Cuomo once said, you know, that if we force our beliefs on others, then um, we can expect others to try to force theirs on us. And, you know, this one of the, you know, keys to our democracy is that we have a separation of church and state. Um, so I, you know, again, um, I respect the Bishop and his views and, uh, his, you know, his position. Uh, I do just think it's unfortunate, uh, the analogy that was used. There was an interesting, uh, piece in the daily Gazette, a column by Sarah Foss about, uh, the possibility that 787, the highway that runs along the Hudson River through Albany and and other cities uh, might be done away with. Is that actually a possibility that they're 787, you're rethinking it or whoever's rethinking it? Well, the Capital District Transportation Committee is looking at it. They are conducting an engineering study and really looking at 787. I think, you know, there are many, many people who would love to see 787 come down uh, or at least uh, minimize the impact of 787. The one thing on the in the online version of that article is this the the photographs. I mean, it really is stunning how much real estate 787 takes up. Right. And so, as part of that CDTC study, when I met with the consultants who are doing the work, one of the things that I talked about is reducing the footprint of it. Uh, it is, you know, to me grossly overbuilt. Uh, you know, there are times during the day where there's heavy traffic on that roadway, but that it is a very large footprint. And so even thinking about scaling it down, because for most of it, it's a bridge, which is very expensive to maintain. Uh, you know, personally, yes, I would love to see 787 gone. Uh, I'd like to start maybe with looking at reducing the footprint of it and planning for the obsolescence of it in the future. 
Let's talk about politics. Activist Dan Platt has announced his run for Albany mayor as a member of the Green Party. Council President Carolyn McLaughlin has announced her candidacy for the Democratic nomination. Democrat Council member Frank Camiso Jr. expected to also run. West Hill activist Marlon Anderson is likely to run. And uh, here now the conservative Joe Sullivan is seeking a candidate or could run himself. Sounds like a crowded field. Are you expecting to run for re-election? Well, I certainly am looking forward to the upcoming election, and I would love to serve as mayor for another term. And I'll be making an announcement on that uh, imminently. Right now I'm focused on our $12.5 million. But, uh, you know, it was a crowded field when I ran uh, in 2013, and it looks like it's going to be a crowded field again in 17. Another uh, political story, uh, this is in the Times Union this week, Albany uh, City Democratic Committee. There's a movement to create an Albany City Democratic Committee. Currently, Albany or currently County Albany Democrats uh, exist. Or there's a county committee. Some critics say a city committee uh, would be aimed at boosting your election chances. Do you support uh, creation of an Albany City Democratic Committee? Well, listen, I respect the chairman, uh, Jack Flynn, who is looking to create a city committee. And I am not inter- I'm not involved in the details of that. Um, it is, uh, again, very common in the county. We have town committees um, and in my view, and again, I don't understand all the ins and outs of a city committee and the bylaws and the rules that are being proposed, but we sort of act as a city committee in any event. I know when I uh, was seeking the nomination of the party when I ran in 2013, it was uh, I met with all of the ward leaders uh And so they really were acting as a de facto city committee in determining who they were going to support uh, in the campaign for mayor. And they look at that for judges races and and the other citywide races as well. Um, So it looks to me from what I've read and what's been explained to me that uh, this is just looking to formalize that. And uh, again, um, that's a decision that will be made. Ultimately, my understanding is there will be a meeting and. You know, that decision will be made by the um, the various committee members in the city of Albany. Also in the news this week, transgender attack. A transgender woman says she was punched without warning by a man walking past her at a bus stop on the Central Avenue in Albany. She believes the attack, one of three confrontations she's had since November, uh, but the first she's reported to police was motivated by a hatred of transgender people. Are you concerned uh, by this incident? Well, I am concerned, and I'm concerned that uh, we are seeing an increase in these types of crimes, not just in the the city of Albany, but across the country. Um, you know, we, we've also seen an increase in the number of bomb threats called in, for example, to Jewish community centers, the recent desecration of that cemetery. Um, it seems as though bigotry has become emboldened, and any type of bigotry has no place in the city of Albany. It has no place in our country. And, um, you know, my, I know that our police department takes very seriously these types of reports and is conducting an investigation. Uh, back to uh, the, the police department or, or finances, if you will. There was a story recently in the news about police overtime, another list of the highest paid employees of city government. You as mayor, eighth from the top, top seven members are police officers, 
were in a great deal of overtime. The acting police chief, Robert Sears, says paying overtime is probably more financially beneficial to city uh, coffers than hiring more police. Do you agree? Well, that is something that we analyze on a regular basis because when you hire a new employee, you bring along all of the benefit costs associated with that. And so there is a balance at which uh, we are financially better off paying overtime than hiring new resources. One of the great things about the new computer system that we purchased recently, and this is the first year that it will be in effect. We built the budget in it last year, and now we're operating under this in, with this new uh, financial software package this year, is that it is going to allow us to be much more precise in doing the analysis around the overtime versus new hire mm-hmm. and, and balancing that out. And so, uh, you know, this is something that we have our new commissioner of administration and a department that is now really pulling together purchasing budget mm-hmm. and all of the financial analysts across the city. And this is one of the areas that we're drilling down on very hard, not just overtime in the police department, but overtime really citywide. Let's uh, do a couple of uh, shout-outs. There's a job fair taking place uh, Saturday. That's right, at the Times Union Center. And I know a lot of people will say, oh, I didn't know about it, I didn't know about it. But, Mm -hmm. you know, get the word out. And, uh, it's you know, we know that there are employers that are really struggling to find employees. And uh, it's a great opportunity. I believe it's from 10 to 3 at Mm -hmm. uh, the Times Union Center. Okay. Also, Albany Symphony, you're encouraging city residents to buy tickets to this year's Albany Symphony season. I don't know if it's uh, still time to do that, but why are you doing that? Oh, absolutely. They announced their season, which uh, uh, actually they're currently in their current season. So, you know, go and enjoy the symphony. It re- It's a world-class symphony. This is a Grammy Award-winning symphony, and it is innovative, and it is really among the best in the country. And we need to support it in order to keep it here uh, and have this as a great asset for not just the city of Albany, but the entire region. And although we're still in winter, you're seeking volunteers for the Tulip Festival. Absolutely. It's uh, Tulip Festival time again. We're hoping that we'll be able to move forward with the Tulip Festival again um, given our budget situation, it is something that we're taking a hard look at. But typically, the budget, the Tulip Festival itself um, is net positive to our coffers because uh, we do get sponsorships. Mm-hmm. And so people can call 434-5411 or volunteer at albanyny.gov. Uh, send that email, and we'd love to have you volunteer. You've been listening to Talk of the Town with Albany Mayor Kathy Sheehan. You can email questions for the mayor to ask Kathy with a K at albanyny.gov. I'm Bob Cudmore.